Welcome to Head to Heart, a podcast to help you connect what you know to how you live. I'm Julie Sparkman, a counselor at Restore Ministries in Birmingham, Alabama, and I am joined by my co-worker and very dear friend, Anna Nash, the woman who keeps me sane and on track. We're glad you're here. This grew out of just a conversation that we were just having recently among our staff where we were talking about what aspects of our job we liked the most. And the aspect of my job that I like the most is just being able to interact with people, sharing ideas back and forth. I did that recently with several groups that had just finished going through the IA, the Idol Addiction or the Crazy Train series. And I just came in the end and answered some um, questions and we just had discussion back and forth. And it was just so fun. And so we thought, why not open up the lines of communication to where we're doing that more and we're recording it. So today's conversation, um, I'm going to be having with Anna Nash. Anna is our Publications and Products Coordinator at Restore Ministries. Hi, Anna. Hi, everyone. I'm so glad to be jumping on this and doing this with y'all today. Great opportunity. Mm. Anna today is going to be just kind of asking some questions that she remembers that came up um, with us. And, of course, many of you already know Anna because she is the first contact and voice if you have ever ordered any products, um, Idle Addiction or Crazy Train products. Um, Anna is the one that you've already been dealing with. And so you are familiar with that kind, southern, warm voice. (laughs) Well, I just, I feel like I've been able to join Julie at some of these meetings, some of these Q&As, and um, they have been so cool. And so that got my wheels turning Just how can we draw others into this conversation? Because it's such a great opportunity to just, where the rubber meets the road, we learn the principles and we we do our reflecting process, but it's the everyday of relationships and circumstances. And I think this gives um, a lot of opportunity to hear stories and questions of things that might resonate with you. things that you can relate to and identify with. And hopefully you just kind of being a fly on the wall and listening into our conversation, you'll be able to glean great benefit mm-hmm. from these times on these podcasts. So I'm so excited that we've been able to get this going. Yeah, this is actually kind of a, a, a bit of what a counseling session is like, um, that we're just getting together and walking out If the gospel is true, what does it look like here? Right. So with that in mind, we're going to today, we're going to be using questions that Anna is going to give me. But in the future, what we're going to be asking is that you all would send in your questions that Mm -hmm. you might have that you would like for us to address on future podcasts. Anna, what is the address that you want them to use Um, on that? If you have a question that you would like us to discuss or a topic um, on these podcasts, you could email us at info at restore-ministries.org, info at restore-ministries.org. And I'll remind you of that again at the end of this podcast. And you can always contact us through our website, but that would be the quickest way for you to get, um, get your questions um, addressed by Julie. 
And if you haven't had a chance to look at our website, um, Anna, of course, is also in charge of that. She does a fabulous job, fabulous job of um, posting blogs um, and uh, just all kinds of information, etc. that's up there, on there. We've got um, some free um, audio sessions for you to listen to. Um, so it's just a great free resource, again, just to further think through the practical applications of the gospel in your life and relationships. So, Anna, um, where are we going to go today? Well, what what yeah. question did you want to kick off with? Well, what I really would like to start with is kind of springboarding off of something you just said. Just our heart as a ministry is to be able to um, offer hope and restoration through the gospel to men, women, and children, basically. Um, Julie, do you want to speak to that a little bit? You're kind of in the office, your counseling platform. Um, as people come into the office at Restore, mm-hmm. um, what your foundation is. I think, you know, I, re- I look back three years ago to when we first opened Restore Ministries. Um, my partner, Jennifer Irvin, and I, but we were actually sitting in a meeting with Anna. And we were trying to name the ministry, and Anna very simply and very directly said, I know what the name is. The name is Restore. And we said, okay, great. Um, I don't remember why we chose the name. I don't remember what it was about it. Me either. That's so, it's, it's, I think it's a lot like when you, you name a child. You name it initially because, I don't know, there's just something about the name that you like. Yeah. But as you come to know the child, as the child grows, the child grows into its name. Uh-huh. And through the three years of Restore, I've really seen us grow into our name. Uh-huh. The name Restore resonates so deeply with us because we are not attempting to create or be the architect of anything when it comes to change. But believing that the Father had an original plan, our job then is to merely restore, which means to return back to its original intended condition, to restore marriages, to restore hope, fundamentally to restore our relationship with God as the foundation, and then out of that, what are the practical implications of that in our lives? Right. So just kind of getting practical then, Anna. Right. Talk with me just about a very pragmatic question. Right. Well, I remember recently, and thanks for sharing with us about Restore, because I think if anyone listens to this audio, I just wanted to kind of hear your approach Um, to all things that we do um, at Restore and coming out of Restore. Um, But I remember not too long ago at one of these groups, one of these question-and-answer opportunities with groups of 20 or 30 people, um, one parent spoke up and said, I have a question. And her question was in regards to parenting her quickly growing up becoming an adult son. Um, And basically the question is, 
when I feel like my kid is making poor decisions and not choosing a path that is the right path, um, I struggle with what to say, how much to say it, when to say it, when to Mm -hmm. cut them loose, it's their turn, Mm -hmm. um, when it's still my turn to speak up and and, um, admonish, encourage, um, lead, guide. It's like walking a tightrope and not wanting to fall off either side, you know, one of being too involved and giving them freedom and independence, but then the other side of I wasn't involved enough and there were consequences and I feel like maybe it was my fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I just want to describe to you what what I feel whenever I get questions like this is it's almost like an out-of-body experience because I hear your question and I'm thinking, yeah, me too, exactly. I'm wondering the same thing, you know, because I've got three now adult children and I'm kind of turning around looking behind me and looking for the person that's going to answer the question and realizing, oh, you directed that to me. So I'm going to take a shot at that and I am... Um, I am praying that somehow I can keep this uh, podcast from ever being heard by any one of my three <laughs> children. Um, and so, and so, lest you think that uh, were you a fly on the wall of our home, that it would be done in exactly this way. Let me just say, this is what I, this is what I know and believe to be true. Uh-huh. Uh, this is not necessarily what you might see in my home, but or this mine. is what my heart is. <laughs> or mine. That's where my heart is. Yeah, exactly. Um, again, we are so there in the fray. Yeah. Asking the Father, what does it look like now? Mm-hmm. What does it look like? Mm-hmm. So the question that you've asked, though, I think could be broadened, if you will, to any relationship that you're having with any person who is not getting, if you will, into the box, and sometimes the very legitimate box, of things that you long for. Mm-hmm. They're making bad choices. They're walking in a way that we is, is making us cringe. Okay, just as a starting point. Could you back up? That would be a spouse, possibly, um, a sibling, some other relationships, a friend. A friend. Yeah. Anyone anyone that I am in, I would, say, I would say a closer relationship with. I wouldn't say any person on the street, but I would say a closer relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm trying to determine the do's of my life, initially you always have to ask the question, the why. What is it? that I am originally called before God to. Because my responsibility is going to determine my role. And my role is going to determine my actions. So a lot of times people say, well, you know, this happened. What should I have done? And I always ask, well, what is it that you're going for? Okay, so let's, let's take parenting an adult child. Let's take, first off, let's take parenting in general. What is fundamentally our responsibility before God as parents? And this is really interesting because I ask that question a lot to believers. 
And I get a lot of blank looks. I mean, like Anna, like if I said to you right now, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put you on the spot, but just asking you, if I asked you right now, hey, Anna, what's your responsibility as a parent? Would you be able to tell me that? Yeah, it depends on what day it is, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there will be many days that you got the blank stare. That's for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really, really essential, though. I think we need to be clear about what God has called us to, not what our culture has called us to, not what our child has called us to, not what our spouse has called us to. What has God called us to? Mm -hmm. Because our responsibility before our children will never change. Our role, what that responsibility looks like as it's carried out through the years, will most definitely change. Mm-hmm. My role in my child's life as a toddler is dramatically different than it is as a 10-year-old and then more different still as a 25-year-old. And then there's also, I think, another important shift when that child gets married. And so through the years, my role will change, but my responsibility fundamentally never changes. Well, how will I know if... Something is my role or my responsibility as a parent involving something with one of my kids. How can I determine mm-hmm. this is, okay, right now I'm taking too much responsibility or mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. a good kind of Yeah, measuring? like I was just thinking when, when basically you said a couple of minutes ago, you said, yeah, it, the, the essence of it was what if, if my child chooses something wrong, is it my fault? Mm-hmm. And, and first off, um, Gee whiz, uh, we are mothers. So the answer is, of course, it's your fault, Anna, because it's always your fault because that's what being a mother means. <laughs> but yeah, um, but that is a question that always springs up, and so it's important to make a differentiation between responsibility and role. Okay, a responsibility is an action that the success of it is completely in the realm of my control. Okay. It's completely in the realm of my control that I teach concepts clearly. Contrast that to a role. A role is a desire that I have that necessitates the cooperation of another person. Hmm. For example, it would be my responsibility that I teach clearly. However, I have a role in whether or not the other person that I'm teaching understands the material. Right. I have a role in their understanding of the material, but I do not have complete responsibility of that because there's other factors involved. But what I do is important, but it is not the determinant of it. It's an aspect of it, but it's not the determinant of it. So you can see then the importance of us when we are involving ourselves in the lives of other people. We have a role in the choices that our children make. Mm-hmm. Like, like when they go out at night, it is my role to tell them what time to come in it's my role to give them guidelines of where they should go and who they should be hanging out with. Mm-hmm. But it's not my responsibility to ensure 100% safety um, while they're gone. Well, because what you've done 
Actually, I would say it is your responsibility to, to communicate the guidelines to your child and to communicate the consequences of your child not obeying the guidelines. Okay. It is not your responsibility that your child obeys the guidelines. Why? Because your child can block that. And I can't control that. And you cannot control that. I see. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you see, too, though, there, it is possible for you as a parent to do your responsibility before God well and yet have the child do something foolish while out. And though you have fulfilled your responsibility, you still, even though the child is experiencing dire consequences, and you might experience dire consequences, Mm -hmm. you do not have ultimate responsibility for that. You had a role in that, but ultimately you don't have responsibility for it. And when it comes to the choices that our kids make, and this would actually even be um, from a, a younger child and most definitely, of course, up to an adult child, the responsibility for those choices has to A child, they have responsibility for the choices. I, however, do have responsibility for what I have built into them in their choices, in in the making of their choices. But let's say this is an adult child. I've had years and years and years of planting, planting, planting. Now I would say, and, and, and what is my role? My role is that I have taught the law of God to the, to the child, mm-hmm. that I have modeled um, repentance. I have shown uh, also that child that the purpose of the law is to show how much we need Jesus and that apart from Christ, we cannot fulfill the law. Mm-hmm. And then finally, it is also my responsibility before God to model obedience and seriousness Um, of holiness before my child. These things are my responsibility. They're things you can control. Yes. These are things, uh, you know, obviously with it, because of the Holy Spirit within me, that I have the capability of doing. Right. And God has said, this is what I will be asked. This is my responsibility. When my child grows begins to make choices. I have a role in the choices that my child made. If I make it my responsibility that that child make the right choices, then I'm back in the role of I'm going to have to manipulate, dominate, control. Mm-hmm. Have to. Right. Because quite honestly, it's my success that's on the line. Right. right. And so going back into that woman's question of how do I determine when to speak, when to be quiet, etc. It goes back to, okay, then let's go back to what is our responsibility before God. Again, I think that the scripture in many places of the scripture talks about relationships in general, not just parenting, but, you know, relationships in general is to speak the truth in love. So often, I know that as a parent myself, I have spoken, I have spoken, I have spoken, I have spoken. And yes, many times it has been in love and many times it hasn't. But somehow, I think that that just has to keep going. 
Uh-huh. And I think there's times in which I remember asking that mom when she asked the question, if I asked your son, Ron, how does your mom feel about what you're doing right now? Would he be able to answer me? Does your mom feel that what you're doing is right? <laughs> Nine times out of ten. Most of the time, yes. Yeah. Your child would probably be able to give a five-minute synopsis, and it would be nail on the head of exactly what you think. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in closing this podcast today, talk a little bit about the emotional response. Like, describe my emotions when I'm playing my role versus trying to take on more responsibility that, than God designed for me to have. Your emotional state there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, if, if another person's actions are my responsibility... It, that is a fast ride on a crazy train um, because I've got I've to corral and control that person into mm-hmm. doing it my way mm-hmm. because that's how I'm going to be judged. Right. There's a tightness in my stomach. Uh, that, that thinking, that wrong thinking, I've got I've to convince them, creates the feeling of panic which then works its way out in the action of a very intense, (laughs) let's just, let's use that word. That's a nice word. (laughs) Intense. I am intense in all ways. I am intense in my voice. I am intense in my volume. I am intense in the repetity of how often I'm going to do this. Right. Why? Because I've got a lot at stake. The problem then, you see, is not about, it's not just about, well, watch your voice. Well, don't say it like that. Well, don't do it like that. Well, that statement right there was wrong. No, that's coming from my base thinking, which is off, which says what this person does is my responsibility. If that is truth, that is going to create a feeling of panic, and that is going to come out of me in control. And no matter how many people tell me not to speak like that, do that, etc., I'll keep doing it because the problem is not the action. The problem is the thinking, the belief system. Mm-hmm. That I've right. got messed up right in there of my role versus my responsibility. If, however, I can say, hold it, it is my longing that this child choose that which is best for him and best in the eyes of God. That is my longing. However, I don't have responsibility for that. I am freed up, freed up Uh when I'm acting in in my role as, as a parent, as one who loves and who longs to speak the truth. There's a lot of times, though, that I can even say to myself, Let's be honest here. Do they know? Do they already know what you think? If the answer to that is yes, my continuing to talk is more about that's what eases myself. That's, I, I, I soothe myself by thinking if I say it for the 800th time, suddenly that'll dawn on them. Versus if I can just quietly ask myself, do they know? Have I been faithful to my responsibility? Yes. If that is the case, then I can relax. 
Right. Uh, and I, uh, relax is kind of an overused well, word, isn't it? No, you just have peace. I think peace is a good word there. Um, I, I really... Yeah, but sometimes peace feels... It feels like being out of control. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. I think next time, one thing I would really like to address is that right thinking. What are some mm, practical yeah. things that we can do to keep right thinking going? Yeah. Kind of to yeah. head it off at the curve before we even get into a situation where wrong thinking is spun out of control. So let's remember that and maybe talk about that next time. But Yes, let's um, pick up there next time. We went a good bit over today, but we did introduce the ministry a little bit. Typically, we're going to try to keep these podcasts 15 to 20 minutes, but um, today was awesome, and um, we're just excited, and we want to know what you think. So um, let us know your questions, and um, anything else you want to close with, Julie, before we... No, that's it. Send us your questions. Let us know how this is working for you. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.